Welcome to the Rabbitohs Top 4 Podcast. Proudly presented by What If, official travel and pathways partner of the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Here are your hosts, Mark Ellison, Shannon Donato and Jeremy Monaghan. Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Rabbitohs Top 4 podcast. It's powered by Audio Technica and proudly presented by What If. What If has you covered for accommodation, flights, car hire and more. So if you're looking for a holiday, travelling for business or you need to get to the next game, visit whatif.com slash Rabbitohs. What If, it's Aussie for travel. My name's Jeremy Monaghan. I'd like to welcome my co-hosts, Mark Ellison and Shannon Donato. How are you, uh, Ella? As always, Jess, very good one this time of the week. It's good catching up with you two, or you. Uh, <laughs> no, no. No, today I'm not going to have a go at Shannon today. I'm going to see how long I can go without having a go. Because he, he's not a bad bloke after all, really. You lasted a whole three seconds. <laughs> <laughs> PB. PB. <laughs> I no, love it to see you, mate. No, thank you. How are you, Shannon, this I'm, morning? I'm excellent, thank you, Jeremy. Excellent. That's all you've got? Yep, that's excellent. Oh, very, I'm very good. Very good. I'm very, very good. <laughs> we should have a meter on that, actually. We'll, we'll count. We do. We need a counter. The, the <laughs> blokes on the Rabbitohs Radio podcast brought it up this week about our, the very good count, so we'll, we'll need to keep a counter. We're just from, positive uh, people. Exactly. 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 Just doing our best. Anyway, let's get on to something that you've learned this week. We'll start with you, Shannon. Well, I've had a very educational week, actually. I was... Um, I was watching a documentary on shipbuilding and it was riveting. Building what? (laughs) (laughs) I ruined your punchline, man. Oh, God. Come on, Jess. Work with me, brother. Work with me. You've had a a week to come up with that. (laughs) Shipbuilding, riveting. (laughs) That's actually my joke of the week. I'm going to have to find another one. No, seriously, what I've learned is... um, the pride our entire club and community has in producing local juniors. How good was it to see young Pete Mamazoulis go on the other night and the biggest cheer when he went on. Any time he did anything, he passed the ball from dummy half and he is a hooker, he'd get a big cheer. And, you know, he'd make a tackle and he'd get a big cheer. It was just fantastic to see the pride that that our members and, and, and the wider South Sydney community have when we produce a local junior who goes on the first grade. So that was a fantastic moment. Yeah, that, that that was my moment too, Shannon, for the week, uh, particularly you know, being involved in the jersey presentation, which, which is always a big thing for our club, you know, um, to, to put on that, that first NRL jersey and uh, the passion Peter showed for it. And we had his his, uh, his parents, Theo and Denise, and his, his sisters and partner there in, in the dressing room. And, um, you know, just they've sent emails of thank you for, for what the club's done. And, I mean, it's, it's just as much us, we could be sending emails to them for thanking thanking them for producing the kid that Peter is mm. and then comes out and plays like he did on the weekend. Um, didn't miss a beat. Um, just did everything that was asked of him and uh, I'm sure he was excited for his debut and it was good that the players around him lifted with him and um, it's a great photo I saw, you know, after the game, one of Latrell giving him a cuddle just after the game and, you know, just saying, well done, young fella and... Um, yeah, you know, it's it's significant that Latrell's only twenty three, I think, himself and he's he's like the father figure of this this young kid coming through. But uh yeah, it it's good to see that, you know, it was only a week or two ago we announced uh the, the re signing and extension of some of our young players and Peter was one of them and mm. to see him handle his first great debut 
like he did was outstanding. Obviously, there's a lot of challenges ahead of him, like everyone that keeps going on in the NRL, but you can only do what you do, and he, what he did was excellent on his, on his debut. Mm, that jersey presentation was fantastic. I was lucky enough to be in the room when, when it was happening, and Ello spoke so well about coming up through the grades and coming from Maruba and his schooling and all that sort of stuff. And then um, the senior hooker in our in our squad who wasn't playing, Damien Cook, stepped forward to present the jersey, and it, it really hit home to me when he, he said to Pete, because I could imagine, well, I can only imagine how Pete would have been feeling, would, would have been nervous and... Um, I don't know whether there would have been any doubt in his head about being able to be there, but Cookie just said to him, you'll never play with a better spine. He said, and you'll never play with a better set of forwards that'll look after you, mate. So don't have any doubt about what you can do out there today. And I felt like I was ready to run here. Yeah, <laughs> when, yeah, when I heard Cookie say that, I thought, what a way to fill a young 20-year-old bloke about to make his first grade debut with confidence. Yeah, yeah. And as I said, he's a fantastic bloke, fantastic fellow. I've known Pete since he was very young. His sister, Desi, is best friends with my niece, Amy, and she was over my house all the time. So I saw Pete growing up as a, as a little kid. And as I said, as a, as a community member, just seeing one of our own from being a little little young toddler to coming in the first grade, it's actually really, really heartwarming to see that kind of thing. And uh, it was just a fantastic day, not only for Pete and his family, but the... Uh, Entire community, yeah, yeah. Nice little touch from Tom Bird, just too. He um, he just went over to Peter's mum and dad after the presentation. Said, "We'll look after him." Yeah, uh, it was a was really good. Yeah, no, very good. Well, the thing very that good. I there's number two. There it is. The thing I learnt this week. <laughs> <laughs> the thing I learnt this week. Jai Arrow is a handy goal kicker. And I doubted him before he stepped up at halftime for the uh, the Cystic Fibrosis Community Care Challenge. He had to kick four goals, all from in front, from 10, 20, 30, and 40 metres out. I backed him for 10 and 20. I had a little bit of doubt over 30, and I thought he's no chance of kicking it from 40, because that's a, that's a fair nudge for anyone, seasoned goal kickers. But he stepped up. He, he was set to raise five grand for uh, cystic fibrosis, and he nailed every single one of them. Now, he was on NRL 360 last night, and he actually self-proclaimed that he's now our third-string goal kicker yeah, right. behind <laughs> Renault and Latrell. He's now moved Dane Gagai down to fourth, according to him. <laughs> well, I, um, I, it's funny to hear you say that, Jez. When you, you, when you said it, you know, he, nailed, he nailed all four of them, um, Tiger Woods used to say that about his, his, three, his four female caddies, oh. actually. <laughs> Oh, dear. Yeah, we, we might have to beep that one, Jess. <laughs> no, look, I, I enjoy an apology because after the game, he's talking about all these kicks he did, and I, I thought he must have got a HIA in the, in the Origin <laughs> match. Of the other. This bloke couldn't kick that, so I owe him an apology. What oh, yeah. style, Jess? And I'm not talking about Tiger Woods. I'm talking about the goal kicking. Um, was it toe poke around, no, the, around corner? the corner? He, he said he was going to put the f- fear into everyone by toe poking the 10-metre shot. He said just, <laughs> just to give everyone a bit of fear, but he had perfect form as he was striking the ball. Actually got to produce one of the great dad jokes of all time out on the field. When I was grand announcing, I said, he's it's long enough and he's kicked it straight as a gy arrow. It was... <laughs> I thought you were That's pretty good for you, Jess. <laughs> if only I had my little button out on the field, I could have played that. But uh, it was great to see him get out there and uh, sorry, Gags, but it looks like you're back to number four. He practices more than any of our goal kickers, Gags. Yeah, he does. Very <laughs> diligent with his goal kicking. I think he needs to practice a bit more. <laughs> 
I remember at one training session, uh, he's he's right-footed and he was stepping in and kicking the ball. And I, it might have been you, Elo, saying, Gags, you sure you're not left-footed? <laughs> <laughs> That'll give you confidence. <laughs> Oh, excellent. I'll neither confirm or deny that. <laughs> you are one of the great goal-kicking training hecklers. Well, you give yeah. Renault a hell of a time. Well, <laughs> so we're wasting all these money on sports psychologists. It's all getting undone by Mark Ellison. Uh, Got nah, that's, no, part, that's all part of it, mate. I think it tends to pay off having a look at Renault's goal-kicking record. We're wasting lots of money on nutritionists with me as well, so it's all right. <laughs> Oh, excellent. Right, our first topic of the morning, our first top four topic, is the top four memories of your first grade debuts. We'll start with you, Shannon. Okay, Jez. I, I think I've mentioned this one before. Uh, it sounds bizarre, but, you know, having having dreamt as I walked down the ramp of the Sydney Football Stadium, I just imagined it in my head for years that as you come down and the tunnel sort of, you come down the tunnel, you see more and more of the grandstand open up on the on the far side of the field and... I just remember that sense of deja vu. That was just a really weird feeling because as a kid, I just literally would lie in bed and just dream about, you know, making my first grade debut. And weirdly enough, it happened exactly as I'd pictured it, you know, the grandstand opening up as I walked down the tunnel for the Sydney Football Stadium. So that was... That was one of them. Um, one of the other pleasing memories, um, you guys know me, I'm very modest. I don't like to, to boast about my career as an Italian international, but um, and the most cat reserve grade player at South Sydney. <laughs> but actually, on my first grade debut, I actually got player's player. Um, so that was a, a proud moment for me too. You know, you dream so long of having that big game and um, and to, to play quite well played well enough to get players player anyway I was I was really proud to get that from your teammates probably means more than anything else uh, any other award um, and then there's a one of the, my other memories of that we played against Manly in my first grade debut it was round one 1995 and they were dead set a side full of internationals. Bozo was the coach, the great Bozo, who's now passed away. And, you know, their, their front row was Gillespie and Ian Roberts, their two, their two front rowers. Um, their second row was, was Steve Menzies and Big Solomon Hamano, and their lock was Owen Cunningham. And they had two internationals coming off the bench, two guys who played for Australia, um, Nick Kosef and Daniel Gartner. So it was just such a... For, to make your debut, you actually want to make it against a really good side. You want to make it against the best because then if you can uh, mix it up with them and you, you think, okay, well, I've got it. And that was a virtually an international forward pack I played against. So that was one of my other memories. And the fourth one was I made a debut with a with a good mate of mine. He's still, we're still good mates to this day. We came through the grades. A guy named Craig Carrington, better known as Caro around the traps. I know LA knows him. And I think, yeah, you know him too, Jez. Yeah. He's a good bloke, Caro, um, particularly when he's asleep. And... <laughs> <laughs> And Caro was the fullback, and um, he was your typical fullback, lippy all the time at the back, and wasn't quite as witty or funny as he thought he was. But I remember uh, <laughs> <laughs> sledging wasn't his strong point. Uh. Uh, um, yeah, I, he played fullback, and I think his uh, IQ was lower than the number on his back. But a good bloke nonetheless, Caro. And. Uh, and uh, we were playing against this Manly side that not only the forward pack, but the whole team was stacked with internationals. And we were very nervous. Caro and I were talking about it. And we thought, oh, well, we'll just give it our best. And um, in, in the end, it was 12 all at half time. 
12 all. I, I looked it up because I, I I knew it was close. I just didn't didn't know how many. But because today see 12 all at half time, and I remember walking up the tunnel and Carrie saying, boys, they they might be full of internationals, but they bleed and they feel pain just like us. We'll get stuck in them in the second half. I thought, well, that's a really good speech. Good stage by Carrie walking up. It's 12 all. We got beat 42 to 18. <laughs> 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 he was out the back. Yeah. Didn't worry. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I think he topped the tackle count in the second half. Oh. <laughs> fullback, yeah. So yeah, it wasn't one of his better sledge. I think the only one he fired up was was them and not us. So. <laughs> but yeah, they're my four four first grade debut memories. Was that grandstand opening up, getting players play up, playing against such a exceptional team in the in the Seagulls full of internationals and the great Carring Craig Carrington's um sledge of the Manly team that fired them right up. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Hello. Oh, there's another one. Very good. Yes. Very good. There, yeah. <laughs> Three in the first seven minutes. Well done, Jez. I think, I think like Shannon, you always remember where, where the game was and who you played against. And um, mine was a bit different to Shannon's. Mine, mine was at the old Lang Park. So it was certainly a baptism of fire up there. And it, it was in the mid midweek game that we used to play that oh, I what was it called? The Panasonic Cup. Yeah, Panasonic Cup. And um, yeah, so we played combined Brisbane, and we hadn't been going that well. The the first grade team, and and we came up against. I just remember the team like it was that they had. Uh, oh, they had Greg Dowling, Cornescu, Fulton Smith, Niebling, Lindner. The five eight was Lewis, Wally Lewis, Meninga and Miles in the centres, Belcher at fullback, and you know. As Shannon's a, as a young kid going out there against his team first up, you're thinking, well, mm. am I in the right place here, you know? Mm. And but uh, it doesn't take you long once you get out there, and you know you just you're just fortunate to play in 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 a. In a well, I had a pretty good team around mm. me too, which which well, Boyley was there looking after Dean Rampling and guys like that, just you know looking after you. But yeah, you know, that's the first memory knowing who you're playing against. But the second one. First scrum went down and they've called Henry. <laughs> right. And and truly, I didn't know what Henry was. I thought, Jesus, I hope I don't have to do anything is Henry. <laughs> you know, with this Henry player, there's a scrum move, you know. I found out I did have to do something. Run as fast as you can, Forrest. And uh, so that that was that was very interesting. Like the the scrum broke up and it was just on, you know. And it's probably better that I didn't know it was on. I think from the first <laughs> yeah, game. You know, so, <laughs> so yeah, that was that was that was a thing. And um, that reminds me of that story about Tommy Radonikus and Steve Menzies, where he he talked about cattle dog. He introduced cattle dog and. Um, he's called, I think it was Joey Johns, over to the sideline in the middle of the game. He goes, the next scrum, cattle dog's on, cattle dog's on. So they go over, they pack a scrum, and Joey said, oh, it's cattle dog, it's cattle dog. And he's Steve Menzies, the nicest bloke in the world. And he's gone, oh, no, not the dreaded cattle dog. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, beaver. Yeah. Yeah. The knuckling wasn't his yeah. great player, but yeah. It wasn't Joey's forte either. Yeah, that's right. Well, oh, mate, he, he, he nearly broke Jamie Goddard's knuckles. <laughs> With his nose and his chin and his eye socket. Well, I, uh, I was lucky in my team. We had some blokes that knew what they were doing yeah. when Henry was called. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that that was a memory of it. And um, another memory with not long to go in the game would be behind twenty eighteen, and um, we fought pretty hard. And it was just a just a tremendous atmosphere, particularly at Lang Park. Everyone hated us, but one thing I do remember when we scored 
there was a deathly silence. Mm. And it was what what I've learned over the years. It happens in Melbourne now when you play. It's one of the most parochial crowds that you'll get. Mm. And, and up there was the same. If you scored a try, they were just filthy. Mm. Didn't say a word. You know, when they scored, you couldn't hear yourself think. But mm. that was one memory of the game. And then... Um, the, the memory after it, we we I, I roomed. I think I've mentioned it before. I roomed with Boyley mm. uh, when we went away, and the next day we went down to Southport, um, and Sats had at the pub down there. Mm. Went down had a big barbecue together and had a few beers, quite a few beers, and um, so that was on the Thursday. And then we got back to Sydney Friday, trained Saturday morning, and backed up again. On the Sunday, <laughs> against and my second game was against the Bulldogs at Belmore. Oh, and it was uh, you know, they that was when they were at the the height of their reign, yeah. you know, and um, so it was two two big games. That was obviously the Belmore game was the official probably debut with the yeah. other one uh, in, in Upper Lang Park was yeah. awesome. But as you say, yeah, that's what I sometimes say when when we're giving our jersey presentation, you never forget it. No. Nah. You never forget it, and you know you you remember other parts of the game. I'm sure you do, Shannon, as mm. well. You, um, the, you know, and you, it's probably not until later on when you finish you realise, mm. you know, how important it was, and, and you know, just having such a great life at, at the back end, you know, as a result of playing rugby league, yeah. particularly at the Rabbitohs. Yeah, it's interesting you say that about. The, the recognised debut versus the debut in that national Panasonic Cup game because Craig Wing is similar. I remember interviewing him um, when he came back to the club as a bit of a welcome back um, story. I think it was for our Red and Green magazine that we used to have. And I said, what do you remember of your debut for the Rabbitohs? And he said to me, oh, I was a charity shield. And it showed, like, we always talk about the intensity of the charity shield and how it's as close to a proper NRL game as you can get in a trial match. But for him to recognise that as his first game of first grade, I find that really interesting that it wasn't the round one game or whenever he did yeah. actually play his first first grade game as recognised by the records. He, he deems that charity shield game as his first game of first grade as you do that game against Combined Brisbane. Oh, well, I, I almost feel like it was my only ever rep game. Yeah. <laughs> Playing yeah, against yeah. that team. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but, but those, it's funny, they don't count as you, as an NRL yeah. game, do they? No, in it's the only records, competition yeah. matches, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so. But yeah, yeah, yeah you, yeah, it's interesting. I yeah. think I think with Craig, what he might be thinking, the first time he's actually played with the first grade team yeah. in, a, in a game, yeah. which is, and absolutely, the Charity Shield is so passionate. Yeah. And yeah. So my first official game, I guess, was that round one game against Manly, but I remember playing in the trials that year, mm. and, and I've, that's probably the first time, yeah, I think back that I played with the first graders, and mm. it was a, that that in itself was a very memorable moment. So just yeah. a just a question for you, Shannon. I I always thought. The biggest transition in your career was going from that third grade or under twenty threes, twenty one to second grade. Yep, I thought that was the biggest step when you you came up against men, and then I I found the transition. I remember coming to second grade the first time. I thought, gee, it's a different game, you know. Yep. But but going from second grade to first grade, I found a bit easier than the the step before. Yeah, mm. I know what you mean because you go from playing under twenty ones as it was with me, probably twenty threes with you, Ella, to men, and a lot of the men playing in reserve grade, like they've been playing first grade for ten years, and a lot of former internationals on the back end of their career. You go from playing against kids to men, and you know it's a whole mm. different ball game. 
And you're right, you think, oh, holy hell, that's a big step up. But then you go into first grade and just the speed of it mm. and the skill level and it's just a whole other ball game. I remember my first grade debut, I reckon, and I'll, this is a question back to you, Hello. I reckon I just got by on adrenaline the whole game. I reckon I didn't feel tired, like it was quick and I felt breathless. But, you know, as, as that adrenaline sort of normally wears off, you start to feel exhausted when you're breathless and tired at different stages. I was just running on adrenaline the whole game and I didn't didn't really feel fatigued much at all. Was that like... Yeah, yeah. I think when you first go on, you're trying to do everything too. And you, yes. The first... I, it was played in quarters, uh, that yeah. that competition. I th- We got to quarter time and I thought, my God, I... I you, I you know, I couldn't remember what I'd actually done in yeah, the first yeah. quarter, you know, and then as the game got on, you get into it, but, uh, I, well, it, the emotion, you, you, the emotion does get into you. Yep. Like there, there's no doubt. You know, you've been wanting to do it all your life and you get out there and you, the, the emotion kicks in and you, you're probably just doing things on just, you know, on... Yeah, semi-consciously doing yeah, that stuff. Yeah, that's right. It is. You're just playing instinctively. Yeah, yeah. You? So, um, so pumped up. Mm, yeah, spot yeah. on. What I found interesting, Hello, from your recount was that of your first grade um, debut, one of your favourite memories was the barbecue at Southport. After <laughs> <laughs> that was actually really, really insightful. <laughs> no, but I, I, I tell you why I did mention that. We, as I said, the the team we've been struggling a bit, and we we went on and we lost against. The Bulldogs again, and we, I think we were running about eleventh. You know, I was only a top five back then, mm. and I think there was about eight weeks to go in the comp. And I think mm. we we might have won five or six out in the next eight mm. and scraped in to the playoffs. Had to have a playoff on Tuesday, and I've spoken about that before. Had to win the last game against the Bears on the Sunday. Played a playoff against the Raiders on the Tuesday night at the cricket ground. Then came out and played the first game against Manly in the sudden death, and, and we won the three of them. So it, what I'm saying, that bonding sort of period, getting mm. to know the players. And back, back then, with Ron Willie in charge, if you weren't in first grade, mate, you didn't you didn't go on the field, you didn't go anywhere near them. Mm. You yep. know, it was a different way of, of doing things. And, you know, that was more the older traditional way, you know, people did it. But mm. um, so that, that, that was the first time I got to know half the guys and I'd played yep. with them the night before, yep. you know. Yep, yep. Mm. So, just tell us about your first grade debut for Charles Sturt University. Um, you know, I think famous try at Apex Oval. Well, that, that was playing third grade. Oh, was it? I was never actually good enough to play first grade in the bush. Yeah, right. <laughs> now, now I can relate to that. Now, now, I've, now I've been to Apex Oval. As we sit in the stand, which end of the ground were you running It was the, the southern end. It was the southeast corner. So okay. down to the right over the far side. Oh, the hill. Okay. Do you need me to go through it again? Or? Uh, Please no. Yeah, Please no. no. I'm happy to visualise it. <laughs> oh, I didn't. Get, I didn't get the chance to take the crowd through it either. Oh, when we're out in Dubbo next year. Next year. Next year. Yeah, oh, that would have been anything more painful than the, the, the 50 point loss. <laughs> I was going to say. I was going to say. How much we score? Was it? <laughs> yeah, let's add it to the list. Oh, that's a good week of laugh. Walker Johnston Monaghan. <laughs> Oh, we'll get another crack at those blokes this year. Oh, she we'll was a long drive home. Yeah. She was a long, long drive home. <laughs> That's why I flew. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I begged Dello, please get me on that plane. So, the, the, good talent, great the, good, plane. the good talent, he gets looked after. It's, it's three McDonald's stops from Dubbo. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mate, I wasn't going to have a go at you today. That's, that's, only, that's only between Dubbo and Munchie. <laughs> 
loads of our great sponsors at McDonald's. They're exactly. Very good people. Exactly. They're, they're fantastic. Exactly. Do they still have McSalads? You wouldn't know. <laughs> Did they ever have McSalads? <laughs> Are they a thing? <laughs> they used to have McApples. They did not. Yeah, for kids. You're kidding. You could buy an apple. You're or these little bags of apple. These little bags of apple. He has Mick as many as he can get. <laughs> uh, there's something I learned this week. I'll, I'll use that next week. <laughs> there were McSalads and McApples. <laughs> And I'm not shitting you. <laughs> oh, very good. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Add another one to the list. And you got to pay attention, oh, Shannon. Yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, no. He's, <laughs> he was thinking four. about the Big Macs, mate. He he's not multitasking when he's thinking of food. He's thinking we're that. in here early today. I can get away for a hash brown or two after this. <laughs> that would be very good. Oh, excellent. Right, we'll be back after this break. Now, the move's been finalised for the Rabbitohs merchandise store. It's right at the front gates here up on Level 4 of the juniors at Kingsford as you come into the Rabbitohs headquarters. And it's chockers full of uh, all the latest gear, Shannon, and it's looking great in there. It is. Straight up, Level 4, as you said, come out the doors and you're right there. And as we've said previously, you can get your ticketing sorted, your membership sorted, whatever. But there's a stack of... uh, we. We sold really well at the beginning of the year and we were running short on a lot of stock, but we've had a huge um, huge drop of gear, particularly from um, Classic, and we've got more winter stuff in now as well. And uh, I have to correct myself. I said last week that the Storm Techs were in this Monday. Sorry, it's the following Monday. So, uh, But the Storm Techs will be in shortly. They're very limited in numbers, so I suggest that if you want one of those, you get in nice and early. But as I said, we've restocked lots of gear because we... With the success of the side on the field, which is a great thing, we've been selling lots of kit, and and the the classic kit in particular this year is exceptional. The mm. the black polos with the with the gold bunnies, they look fantastic, even on Ello. So you know, um, I was going to say, it looks fantastic on on us Ello, and yeah. the sponsorship bloke couldn't even be bothered wearing the sponsors' gear today. But so you said the okay. form of the form of the team's <laughs> been helping you, so we're doing your job again for you, are we? <laughs> yes, 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 right. That's what Wayne says about every win. I'm, oh, I'm coming and doing your job again for you, am I? So I was funny the first three times, Wayne. Come on, mate. just 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 keep the coaching, leave the comedy to me. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I bet mean, you came back this early. One funny bloke in this joint. Yes, he did, yeah. <laughs> Actually, he did. A, he did a talk for one of our sponsors yesterday, and in the words of the great Jeremy Monaghan, he was very good. Excellent. Well, excellent. There we are. We'll start an excellent. He's turning well. to Mr. Burns. I'm yeah. doing everything <laughs> I can to not say very good now. Um, as we said, the very shop. Excellent. <laughs> The new shop is up on level four of the juniors at Kingsford. And if you can't make it in to Kingsford, then shop online at shop.rabbitos.com.au. Now, our next top four topic for the morning is the top four experiences that you wouldn't have had if it wasn't for the Rabbitohs. So we've all had some fantastic experiences while we've been at this club, but I'm sure there are some in your portfolio that wouldn't have happened if you weren't involved with the club. You wouldn't have had those opportunities. So do you want to get underway, Shannon, with those? Okay, Jez, yeah, I'll lead them out. Uh, mine are more based around uh, people and the friends I've made, actually. Uh, to me, that's an important part of my life. Um, 
even though I, I'm not as funny as I think I am. You know, having having a laugh with mates and those kind of things uh, is really important to me and um, just the people I've met. So I'm just going to go through a few of those that I wouldn't have met had I not um, worked and played at the Great South Sydney because uh, I've really enjoyed the pleasure of these these guys' company. I've either had fun with them or learned a lot from them or sometimes both. And I'll start with Wayne. I spoke about Wayne Bennett yesterday. I've had the pleasure of, with our sponsors, because Wayne is such an insightful guy and probably one of the best man managers I've ever met, um, he's in quite high demand with our sponsors and doing, you know, Q&A and speeches and talking about managing high-performance teams. And, how you know, yesterday his theme was how to be the best version of you that you can be. And, you know, it doesn't need to apply to business at all. It can apply to all of us pretty much a lot of the lessons that I've, I've learned. But just uh, having that time with Wayne and, and having to do those Q&As and meeting Wayne as a person, it's um, I, I've just learned so much from him. And I, I'm, you know, I don't work as closely with him as Ella or or you, Jez, but um, just having those opportunities and just the car ride there was 40 minutes up to Hornsby and back and just, a, you know, it's just priceless. So He said it was the longest 40 minutes of his life. <laughs> <laughs> what about the trip back, Ella? <laughs> oh, I tell you what, he blew it. Every, every time I pulled into the McDonald's drive-thru, he wasn't happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The funny thing is, you know what car he drives? A Grand Torino. Oh. <laughs> yeah. no, no, no. Wayne's a, a special guy. He's, as I said, I'd be interested in your opinion. Look, I always sanctify the great John Lang, great bloke, had a profound impact on my life and um, the person I am, so you can blame John. But um, <laughs> Wayne's a, uh, sorry, Langy's a great man manager. And one of the best I've seen, but Wayne, like, I just think he's exceptional. Yeah, he definitely is. I mean, he's. Um, I've been fortunate to share an office. This is the third year now, and it's. Um, yeah, I've had some fantastic times at the Rabbitohs, but just, you know, just having him there today, you know, I, I can't even pinpoint half the time what we talk about. It's just, uh, yeah, the the one thing he's a great man measure. One thing is he has an enormous passion for the game. Mm. And, you know, he obviously puts the Rabbitohs first, but the NRL and, you know, the actual game itself is important to him, which I think has made him such a great leader of people because um, he's not trying to fool anyone. He just wants the game to be good. And yep. and I, I love that about him because I have a strong passion for the game too. And, uh, you know, not just being part of the Rabbitohs, but being part of, of the NRL week in, week out in a game that, as you say, we just spoke about our debuts. We wait, we've been waiting for that since we were seven, eight years old. Yep. And now you're still involved in it. You get to work with people, people like Wayne. Mm. Um, it's just it's 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 an honour, really, and it, and it's 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 a great learning experience. Yes. Mm. You know, like, yep. you know, it doesn't. Never matters how long you've been doing anything when you come into contact with a person that has the knowledge that he has, not just of football, but just as of people. Yes. And, um, uh, you know, the biggest, the biggest thing, Wayne, you say, as a man manager, he gets the players to be the best version of themselves, yep. as you just spoke about. And that, that's, that's what's so important. And, you know, it's not always important that they pass everyone that hits them on the chest and, you know, they, they don't miss a tackle. But it's important that the the players are at their best, and that's what that's what he's really skillful in doing. And the other big thing for Wayne, and there's not many people in the world that can walk into a room and have presence like he does. Oh yeah, 
you know. Um, and that, that's that's a big thing. I, he'd get embarrassed if he heard you talking like this. That's the type yeah, of like he is. Even. I know when he came down looking for a bit of accommodation when he first came down here, he was surprised how many people in, in Sydney knew him. Wow. You know, like, and that was, you know, um, well, obviously he doesn't get out of Queensland very often. But, uh, you know. Why that, were they all booing him or something? <laughs> <laughs> no, that, mate, he's just an icon of the game. That's he's probably all you can say. That's the that's the biggest rap you can give you. He's an icon of the game. He certainly is. And there were a couple of good points you made there, Ella, uh, for a change. And <laughs> one of them, one of them was, um, you know, the fact that he does really care about the game and he wants to. You know, so many coaches, uh, and it's uh, it's a real problem with our game. I think uh, 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 try and lobby the NRL through the media out of self interest. What's best for their team, not what's best for the game. Our game is just rife with that sort of cannibalisation that everybody pulling for what's best. Instead of everybody pushing for what's best in the game, um, I think it got a bit better over COVID, and I'd had to, and 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 we saw what we can achieve when we push together as a game and push in the one direction rather than pulling each other apart. And that's certainly Wayne. Wayne always speaks about the game and how to improve the game, not out of self-interest what suits him or his team, but actually in improving the game, and that's that's to be admired. Yeah, the other thing with it, like you say, I heard, I just walked out here yesterday and I ran into a guy I'd known for years, and the the, the term he said, I said, I said, oh, how do you think? He said, oh, he said, we love watching them play. Yes. And that's that's what we want. Yeah. You know, you, you, you want to win, but like our yeah, members love watching Seas play. Mm. Yeah. The whole NRL, uh, the whole people that watch rugby league love watching CS plays. That's mm. what the that's what the figures tell us on mm. on who watches on Foxtel, and that's that comes through Wayne through our players. Absolutely, lets them play football, lets them heads up footy. You know, at the end of the day, we're a sport and uh, we want to win, but also we're an entertainment product. You know, a lot of people just watch us on TV; they can't get to the games, and they, we're competing with lots of other forms of entertainment. It needs to be entertaining, mm. you know. Wrestling and crusher tackles, and that's not entertaining. Scoring tries from one wing to the other and throwing the ball around and seeing AJ do cartwheels in the air to get the ball down, that's entertaining. Mm. So, yeah, and that's another one of the many great things about Wayne's coaching is he allows those boys to use their natural ability. I remember back in 2014, we played the Knights, I think it was in Cairns, and we beat them by 50 points. And Wayne went to the press conference as the, the coach of Newcastle and said, Oh, Souths are predictable. And I thought, hang on. <laughs> I thought, are you having a dig at us here? Because I didn't know Wayne very well at all, but I'd met him a couple of times with Charity Shields and stuff like that when he was at the Dragons, but didn't know him very well. He said, yeah, they're predictable, but stopping it's another thing. And I thought, not much has changed since 2014 to yeah. 2021, even now when he's in charge of it. Yeah. Everyone knows our strong side's our left side. Yeah, Everyone yeah. knows what's going to happen when the ball starts coming left. Yep. Very hard to stop. Yes, very true. Even though you know it's coming, very it's very true. hard to stop. And I'm thinking, isn't it good to have Wayne on this side of it yes. now rather than on the other side? <laughs> and just get, just going back, like in uh, 2019 when Wayne came here, I, he was still up in Brisbane. I rang him about just a few things budget-wise and things like that. We spoke about wrestling. So said, oh, well, we don't need one of them. We don't need a wrestling coach. Yep, good on him. And that was, you know, that, that was... Something that's in the game, we all yeah. know it, but something that he's sort of been against most of the time, yeah. you know. So I don't yeah. believe it is in the spirit of the game, and I don't want to sound holier than they are, but you know, 
We all play football because we love playing football. If you want to wrestle, go do UFC or go mm. go do judo or something, mm. honestly. Very good. Anyway, very oh, those good. are very good. Yeah, very good. Write yes. that down. Six. <laughs> that was a nice segue. That was a good segue there. Wayne, <laughs> Wayne, so Wayne Bennett, one of the um, loveliest people I've met here, but also I want to talk about Bob McCarthy. Macca's just such a really, really nice guy. And I've had the pleasure, Macca comes to a lot of the stuff with the team, but also with our sponsors as well. And he's always just such a friendly, gracious person, happy to talk about absolutely anything, the current team, his era, whatever it might be. And he's and he's very genuine and authentic and sincere when he, when he talks to you. And um, he told me a couple of things that I didn't realise he knew my dad and my dad's past now. And just a couple of episodes that, you know, running into my dad and a couple of stories probably wouldn't mean much to anybody else. But for Bobby to remember mm. that and tell those stories, I just just thought, oh, that's that's amazing. Um, my dad was on the City of Sydney Council and I think later it turned into South Sydney Council mm. and that's where him and Bobby had, Bobby had met. Um, Bobby was a garbo for a stage there and uh, it was just meeting guys like, you know, you've always seen them as legends your whole life and them just being such nice people is a really nice thing. And in terms of legends for this club, they don't come much bigger or better than the great Bob McCarthy. So meeting those two guys. Third one is only met him once, but was certainly a hero to me and, uh, you know, my entire family, my father, my brother, all of us, was the great Bob Hawke. I met him at a fundraiser that uh, the Rabbitohs were invited to. I think it was for our uh, local member, the great Matt Thistleway. Fantastic guy, does a fantastic job for our community. And I got to meet Bob Hawke and um, just meeting him, again, a just genuine, authentic guy, someone I'd looked up to. The the oration, the speech he gave that day was absolutely exceptional. And he would have been he would have been in his late 80s at that stage and he was still as sharp as a wit. So having those kind of experiences because we play for the club and we get invited to these kind of events mm. is just amazing. And for me to meet the great Bob Hawke was, was really nice. And I spoke about friends as my first three favourite uh, opportunities I've got here at the Rabbitohs. But the fourth one I want to speak about is just more general and overarching and that's getting to do what I love. Mm. Uh, we spoke about it before. I, you know, I genuinely look forward to coming into work every day. I come here, have a laugh with you guys on Wednesday mornings. I'm normally having a laugh at myself because Ello's sledging me. But <laughs> I come in here, I have a good time with you guys. I'm working with um, partners of the club who are passionate about the club. My job is to promote a club that we all love. And, you know, I've got mates that work hard. They, they might be Warvies or whatever. And, and in their spare time, they go to the footy on the weekend. They pay for that privilege. I'm being paid to be here and do that, yeah. you know. So it is an absolute pleasure. So the four great um, experiences I've had here at the Rabbitohs, uh, meeting great people like Wayne Bennett, Bob McCarthy, Bob Hawke, but most importantly, getting to do what I love. Very good. There you go. I feel like we should make hold it seven and sing Kumbaya. Make it seven. <laughs> very good. Oh, yes. Seven very good. Yes. yes. <laughs> See if you can get a dozen today, Jez. That's uh, we'll, we'll ring a bell if you get a dozen. I tell you what. During the merchandise shop read next week, I want to hear you say we've got brand new in caps and t-shirts with the Rabbitohs Podcast Network logo on very good across the back. <laughs> That's what I want to hear you say. Jeremy Monahan, the cult hero. <laughs> Hello. I think it's over to you today, Jess. Why don't you take it up from there and I'll come in at the death. Well, I'll jump off the back of Shannon's um, Shannon's tack there with 
the amazing people that you get to work with and you get to meet. Like working Thank with. You, Jez, that's very kind. I yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. I'll let you say my name. Well, I, do, I do have have you guys mentioned down here, oh, but um, like getting to work with a lot of the past players, like you mentioned, and getting to sit here every. Wednesday morning and chat to you guys about your careers and everything that you've experienced that is everything I wanted to experience as a kid and I'm sure all the the thousands of listeners that we have every week that they want to experience as being part of, of the Rabbitohs they'd all love to be able to pull the boots on and wear the red and green jersey and and um, we get to live a bit of that through your stories and and this, the tales that you guys recount so that's um that's an amazing experience for me getting to work with some great administrators over the years the Shane Richardson's Blake Solly's Nick Pappas's these are a wonderful business minds and also wonderful rugby league minds I feel a pay rise coming on for Jez <laughs> <laughs> and they've all made such a great contribution. As long as he's not negotiating with Richard. <laughs> I've never ever asked for a pay rise at this club. That's always been given to me. So <laughs> um, you mentioned some of the great coaches, Wayne, Madge, um, Johnny Lang. They all had um, different approaches. Um, and another one I want to mention is Sean McRae. He's one of the great characters of our oh. game. It was like every time he used to come into the office, it was like your own personal 15-minute stand-up comedy routine. <laughs> he'd go around to every person's desk, say good day to them, see how they were going, and then he'd just tell you all these little one-liner jokes for 15 minutes, and it'd make your day. <laughs> Whenever you saw Bomber come into the, the office, everyone would be like, here we go, Bomber's here, let's have, let's have a bit of fun. So some great characters and other, other people like Russell and Peter when they came in, like when – would I ever have had a chance to meet Russell Crowe, let alone talk to him about South Sydney and work with him on projects to for the betterment of the club? It's just yep. these are the opportunities that you get. Um, some other names that I had down here, Charlie Gallico, a.k.a. Reggie, a guy like him, he's, he's 77. Yeah. And he's still out there entertaining all the kids as Reggie Rabbit at, at every game, not just the home games. You don't see too many of the mascots travel to the away games, and he's a great character of our club. Tony Henderson, who's now with South Juniors, he had 38 years with South. How many like games? On, uh, 851. Wow. 851 wow. games. That in, Well, actually, if my maths, my maths is wrong there, 851 in total, which included one test match, and 39 origins well, that he got to work at. What a great Korean, man of this club. Yeah. You know, 38 years. I feel like I've been here forever and I'm at 19 years this month. He did double that. Yeah. That's a lifetime of service to the club and then continues to do that great work with South Juniors. A great South Sydney character. Um, one I want to mention as well is, is a lady called Uni Yeo. Now, she wouldn't be very well <laughs> known to uh, to too many people outside of the office. But she used to do the pays, didn't she? Sure, well, not necessarily the pays, thank goodness. Oh, did she? <laughs> she used to be uh, when people were ringing up looking for their bills to be paid. Oh, there you go. Well, she was in charge of that. And um, <laughs> I think she, it was deliberate because she'd pretend she couldn't speak English. <laughs> Um, and our, our credit would, would get extended <laughs> by, by all the people that we owed money to. Oh, and a great story about her job interview. I remember Brandon Punter at the time, he was the CFO, and he, he uh, was interviewing a few different people in the old offices, which were in the old Redfern League Club building. At the front of the, the uh, entrance to the football club offices were glass doors, and one was always open, one was always shut. 
And Uni was full of life character. She was a Malaysian lady. She was all laughs and um, having a great time. And she was leaving the office and everyone was like, oh, gee, she's full of beans. And as she's walking out to go through the door, she misses the open door and goes smack into the glass <laughs> door. And Brandon said, that's the lady I'm looking for. That's the one I'm looking for. <laughs> Another great character at this club. There's been so many of them. Um, and having the opportunity to work with some of the great players of our game, the the Sams, the GIs, um, Nathan Merritt and modern day guys like Latrell and Cody and Cam Murray, these sorts of guys. These are these are blokes that people absolutely revere and look up to every day of the week and some some you see it at games, kids get blown away when one of them says G'day or gives them a high five when they walk past them on the field, but we get to work with them every day. It's yeah. just you can't take these things for granted. So that was my first first one. My second that one. That was your first one. You that was my first one. You named 28 people. Yep. It all comes under working with amazing people except Shannon Donato. <laughs> yes, I was going to say. <laughs> and I didn't get one mention. He <laughs> goes, I'll get to you later. Oh, yeah, okay. Can you, can you wake me up with a smile? Welcome to episode 227 of the podcast. Version 4.9. Oh, dear. So my next one, the World Club Challenge. Oh, yes. What an experience that was. Now, you talk about Ello, the crowd being quiet when you oh. scored against Brisbane. We went over to um, St. Helens. We're at Langtree Park, and the crowd were absolutely singing their heads off before the game. It's the type of thing you see on TV with the English Premier League soccer. The stadium was I actually, full. I actually came out of the dressing room and listened to that for about oh, five or ten minutes. Wasn't it magical? It was one of the most moving experiences. It was. It was so early. magical. The boys were all, I think they'd done their warm-up. They were inside and they were getting ready to come out. And I just stood in the tunnel and listened to this music and I'm thinking, I wonder how intimidating this will be for the boys because we don't get that at home. Like the borough do their best to try and create that singing yep. type of atmosphere when they, they can, but it's nothing like what we're experiencing there. I think the the ground held about 25,000, 30,000 people and every one of them was on their feet yep. singing these songs in support of the local team. St. Helens, wasn't it? Yeah. St. Helens, yeah. yeah. And then after 20 minutes, we were up, I think, 18 nil. We'd absolutely blown them away and you could have heard a pin drop. Yes. It was just so quiet. And I thought, I wonder if that was deliberate. Go out there all guns blazing, get some tries on to take the crowd out of the game. And then we went on to win 39-0, and that's still the world record winning um, score in a World Club Challenge game. St. Helens, they were were right in that game, right up until the kickoff. And then... Because <laughs> Blake Solly at the time was the head of Super League, so we were breaking his heart. I see you've got the World Club Challenge trophy in your office. I, I do. Think. I've just got lots of trophies in my office, established none of which you won. <laughs> <laughs> just take all the credit for that's uh, that's my mo. <laughs> uh, now another um, trip that I was lucky enough to be a part of was the Jacksonville trip. In 2008, that was my first trip to the US. I'd never been to the US before that. And um, I remember it was Brandon Punter and, and Richo at the time said, look, you're doing a, this is 2007, you're doing a great job. Um, we'd just been through all of the, the vote and um, Russell and Peter coming in and all the changes we've been with the club. And they said, we want to reward you by sending you over to Jacksonville with the team 
for the Australia Day Challenge. And I was like, how good is this? Travelling overseas with the Rabbitohs? Look, this would never have happened before. I was one of three staff that was sent across <laughs> to put on a game where we normally have the support of ANZ Stadium and everyone yes. at Venues Live, an office full of people. There were three staff members, plus the great Daryl Spinner-Howland, the Aussie who was based in, in the US. And I've got to say, it was the hardest two weeks work of my life but it was unbelievably rewarding having the opportunity to work with Russell on promoting that game in the US like ringing radio shows like the Howard Stern show like these these iconic entertainment programs on TV and and radio and getting Russell onto these shows and having the opportunity to do all that, working with, with Peter when he got across there to get the final details of the game over the line. And I remember the night before the game, I had 45 minutes sleep because I was up all night packing media accreditations and doing all the registers for the media. We we had over 80 accredited photographers at that game. Wow. Normally at a, at a normal NRL game, we'll have five or six. There was 80 of them and they were all there for Russell. They were all there for the Orange County Choppers. They were all there for Dennis Rodman and Greg Norman Greg and Norman. Chris Everett Lloyd and Lane Beachley. Lane Beachley and everyone else that we had there, all these Australian iconic sports people. And Mark Ellison. Mark Ellison <laughs> and the great Yeeland Buddy Gordon was playing. Oh, buddy. That yeah. was funny. <laughs> Before the game, they had this, um, just a local, couple of local teams playing. And about half hour before, Peter Holmes of Court came up and he said, Hello, we want you to referee this game. And we're going we're gonna to mic you up for it. <laughs> I've got I nothing said, else what? to do, Pete. What? <laughs> Hello, referee. You know, you <laughs> well, that's exactly right. <laughs> Ambulance. Like on this podcast. <laughs> well, he clear, said, clear, he said clear. I, want, I want you to ref, referee the game and explain the rules. I said, Pete, I don't know the rules <laughs> of the game. <laughs> he obviously never saw you play. Hello. Uh, <laughs> so I remember that. It was, it was quite. It was quite funny. It, it was an amazing. It took experience. a bit of piss, but it wasn't was an good. amazing experience. Hello, like we it was. had we had twelve and a half thousand people in that stadium, of which I reckon. Maybe a thousand of them knew what rugby league was, and by the end of it, every one of them was a fan of the game. And it really helped. Spinner owned the Jacksonville Axemen, and I know it helped him um, immensely with that club to finally have people coming in and seeing what rugby league was all about so they could go back and watch his team and have an understanding. And I had the opportunity to call the game um, with a guy called Tom McManus, who was a linebacker with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And he often spent a, a lot of time down at the Axman training and going to their games. And he, he loved the game, but didn't fully understand it until we called it. And then Russell came into the box and called it with us. It was just an amazing experience and yeah. something I would never have had the opportunity to do without being part of this this club. And so. it was great. We, we played at a university, didn't we? At, yeah, uh, North the, Florida. University North Florida. Of North Florida. And the actual stand was just a concrete stand with no, just like you see in the yeah, Grease. Bleachers, in yeah. the Grease movies and things yeah. like that. It was just exactly like that. Yeah. It was, it was awesome. Yeah, it was well, great. I'll tell you, you're talking about the, the joy you had commentating that match. I reckon this segment's gone longer than that match. Yeah. I reckon <laughs> just, just, just quietly. I got one more. Oh. Oh. I got one more. That premiership winning feeling. Oh, yes, of course. October 5, 2014, nothing matches up with that. That that feeling, probably not even at full time. I reckon when Greg and the week after, that was quite a busy week for me answering phone calls about John Sutton and Adam Reynolds tattooing their eyes <laughs> <laughs> with rabbits. But um, 
that, as I said, it probably wasn't even full time. It would have been when Greg scored his try and did the goanna where we knew we had it in the bag and yep. never felt anything like it, you know. And, and I often think to myself, when we do it again this October, what's it going to feel like? I wonder if it'll feel different um, or if it'll be the same level of elation because we've been through it before. It was sort of a mixture of elation and relief yes. and and being proud and it was it was 43 like, years of of anticipation on your back and yeah. all those trials and tribulations over those 43 yeah. years being kicked out of the comp the fight back the privatization mm. all of that 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 43 years of just being in the wilderness and clawing our way back to the top of the mm. mountain there was a lot of pressure on that on the team and the, the whole club when yeah. we ran out that night and the yeah. Bulldogs didn't help with their shenanigans out on the field. And yeah. A lot of pressure, but everyone just yeah. stood up. I think for those, the three, or yeah, the three years leading up to it, 12, 13 and 14, when, when Madge was there, particularly from my point of view, I'd felt like I'd actually contributed to the success of the team. Before that, you sort of felt like you're a, a cog in the machine, but you didn't have a direct impact on the team, whereas... Madge taught me how much of an impact my role as media manager and managing that sort of stuff on behalf of the players and the coaches and the club, how much of an impact that does have on their performance. And it made you really buy in and it made everyone, like you were saying before, everyone heading in the one direction. Yep. That's exactly what we had in 2014. You can feel it again this year. Every mm. Everyone heading in that one direction, just being desperate to get that, get over the line and get that win. Yeah. Yeah. That's me. Oh, that well, you, you guys, you get yeah, that was- <laughs> You guys, you guys have, have obviously taken a, a lot of my stuff, but um, the biggest thing for me working with the Rabbitohs is being able to watch boys turn to men, mm. you know, from coming through the juniors. And there's been that many of them. I, I can't name them all, the memorable. Well, the, I, I love that, man. <laughs> <laughs> boys to men. But, you, you know, you John Sutton's back in the day, both champions, Eddie Pettibourne's, Eddie Payer. Uh, and then we we went on to Cam McGuinness and you know there's there's and now we we got Campbell Graham, Cam Murray, mm. Pete Mamazoulis coming through. We got young kids underneath. It's just watching them come into our our club from where it is now, um, from where it was mm. to where it is now, and seeing them. There's back. There's back. We have an era now where our kids want to play for the club again. Yeah, yes. And that's that's massive because, you know, when we were struggling a bit, we got thrown out of the comp. There were kids that had nowhere to go. You know, someone went to the Roosters, obviously other clubs and that, but now we've come back and the club's in the position it is, we can continue to foster this pathway. Mm. And it's, it's so important to the fabric of the place and the fabric of the people that are here. Mm. And as Shannon says, I love coming to work and I love, that's what I love watching. Mm. You know, these kids come in and uh, there's nothing better when you see a kid debut. Even, even if they come from outside the club, I love that as well. Mm. But there's just something special in the history and the ethos of our club where that kid that's been here forever comes through and, and gets to the NRL. Mm. And that's that's something that, if I wasn't a part of it, I would never have had any any influence over it. Mm. You know, and that's that's the thing that I love about it. Mm. And um, the second point, after all those, that, that's the one thing. But this would never have happened, I don't think, uh, if we hadn't afforded a relationship we now have with the juniors either. Mm. Okay, and uh, we've mentioned a lot, a lot of people here, and one one which you know I I 
Sue has been a significant part in in helping our club grow again. Has been Keith McCrule. Yeah. Uh, since he's been on and his board, since he's been in the chairman of the board, things have started to change a little bit. Um, you know, the relationship has become a lot more malleable, and it's mm. a lot that's a lot tighter than it had been in the past for a number of reasons. Mm. You know, um, but now. You know, there's, there's a genuine connection and partnership yeah. there, and that's that's what puts us in really good stead moving forward. Uh, and it comes back to people. It Structures, does. process, everything. Everyone talks about all that. Mm. means nothing if you haven't got the people there. Yeah. doesn't matter. Every club has structures and processes and that, but it's the people you put in to drive that. And that's what, it, and that's, that's what I think, you know, with with Keith, he's come back. He's seen it from our point of view. He loves the Rabbitohs. He loves seeing those kids come through. Mm. But um, he he realised that you know we need to come together, and, and mm. I think we really have. And that's that's been one of the great uh, things that I've liked in being mm. part of. And I wouldn't have been able to do it if I wasn't part of it. Yeah. Help do it if I wasn't part of the club. And it's it's really important. And and yeah, it's it's something that will keep growing. Yeah. Well said, Hello. Look, we are we're not a elite NRL team. We're a club. We're mm. a club. All those pathways, all the way through from junior bunny. Well, starting when you play in the under sixes in the mm. local league, and then you go in the junior bunnies at thirteen if you're good enough. All the way through the Harold Matthews SG ball, all the way through those grades, we're a club now. And even, we've got the women's, and we've got some announcements coming up, and we've got the you know the women's team and the, the girls in the junior league playing, and all those opportunities for girls. We've we've got a physical disability rugby league team. You know, we've got opportunity. We've got Rabbitohs. We've spoke about it before. You can go and play. State Cup for Rabbitohs Touch or Rabbitohs Oztag, you know, you regardless of what we've, we've even got Rabbitohs Netball, that's a local um, netball competition across the across the summer. We are a club now. We're not a we're not an elite team like in the NFL where they've mm. just got teams. We we encompass all of our community and hello, yeah. you know, the pathways that you said. We're as strong as we've ever been in this club's history. Uh, without doubt, financially, commercially, the brand, any metric you want to use to measure the strength and success of a club, we're as strong as we've ever been. But even more importantly, in terms of our ties into the community and opportunities and being a, a sporting club, we're by far the strongest we've ever been in terms of our ties in to to our community. And that's we are a club. And Elo, you've been... You've helped build that 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 whole framework, and it's a it's a credit to you. And I'm just very proud to be uh, part of a club that is such a community owned and orientated uh, business. Absolutely, yeah. The community is so important, and that's just the last point I'm going to add. Mm. Seeing some of the smiles on terminally ill kids mm. and and adults over the years, and sometimes we can't get them all here, but we do videos, and the players you just you just ask them. Never had one player knock me back from doing that. Yep. And, and, you know, it's, you know, you said before the kids come up and see the players, it makes their day. It makes people's lives when they haven't got on to leave. It makes yeah. it just that little bit better for them too. Mm. And that's that's something you wouldn't get unless you're involved in this organisation. That's and, it. And it shits me that there's not enough coverage of that. It's always about what the players are doing wrong in this mm. game from the media outlets and that. But... Yeah, they do so much good. Yeah, absolutely. That's why we do Sorry, it ourselves. We'll have, to, we'll have to beat that. No, <laughs> that can stay in. I love the passion. Yes, very good. I love it. Oh, there's another one. <laughs> Eight. 
Oh, <laughs> you're, you <laughs> added your own one. Yeah, right. what? I, I don't say, get, uh, no, you, say, you said very good. Did I? Yeah. yeah. Oh, dear. Now I'm doing it unconsciously. <laughs> Subconsciously, not unconsciously. <laughs> That'd be a drama running this little panel, wouldn't it, if I was unconscious? If you say it again, he might knock me out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right! We'll be back after this break. <laughs> now we've spoken about this a few times before, and it's Rabbitohs Plus. It's a new service from the Rabbitohs for their members and supporters for products that you use every day. So, from travel deals to home and contents insurance, credit cards, car insurance. Home loans, there are lots and lots of great deals and great services that you can access through Rabbitohs Plus, and you can do that by visiting plus.rabbitohs.com.au online and checking out all of those services. And Shannon, how's uh, Gab going with those credit cards and home loans? Uh, she's starting to wind it in a bit, thankfully, Jez. So I'm, I've paid three of the, the 12 credit cards off at the moment, so we're, we're going okay. But fortunately, the clubs work so hard to negotiate the best rates and, and the lowest fees on those credit cards, so so we're, we're doing okay. But in the fair income stakes, you know, our, our, it's important that our members and supporters understand that we've worked really hard to keep those rates down so that you get market-leading um, rates and, and superior service. But it's important to point out that your supporters the club by going on these products. So if these are products that you're already using, whether it's uh, insurance or finance, just jump on and have a look. Just compare it to to what you're currently paying. And if it is favourable, you'll know that not only will you save money in a superior service, but you're actually helping your club. So, you know, if you love the club, jump on, jump on board and have a look. Absolutely. It's uh, plus.rabbitos.com.au for all of that information regarding Rabbitos Plus. Now, the trivia question from last week, between 1980 and 2020, not including last week's Origin game, how many Rabbitohs players played State of Origin for either New South Wales or Queensland whilst playing for South Sydney? How many do you reckon? Who's going to go first? I'll I'll have a crack. Right, 36. 36. 18. 18. Shannon wins this one. 33 was the answer. Oh, that's right. Those other three, I just don't know. <laughs> <laughs> there were 20 for New South Wales and 13 for Queensland yes. up, and, up until uh, last year's series. So 33, that's not too bad, I don't think. That's very good. And as yeah. you said last week, you know, eight in the... Very good. <laughs> Number nine. We'll get the we'll get the dozen out. But to have uh, eight in the squad is just a, you know I was talking before about how strong our club has never been in a better position and that's you know that's self evident with everything that's happening on and off the field at this club. But that is typified by the fact we have eight in the Origin squad. You know that's just an amazing amazing effort. Yeah. Now a trivia question for next week. You foreshadowed it a little earlier on, Shannon, when you claimed to be the most cap reserve grader. So our trivia question is, Shannon often says he's the most capped reserve grade player in the South Sydney history, but it's not true. No. I'm going to have to call you up on that. I couldn't even win that title. This are is are a you three... saying Shannon often lies? Are you? <laughs> <laughs> he's a hooker. <laughs> oh, sorry, Charles Fibbs. Embellishes, I prefer. This is a three-part question. How many reserve grade games did you play for South Sydney? Oh, God. 
Who has played the most reserve grade, grade games for South Sydney in the club's history? And how many reserve grade games did they play in their career? God, I won't even remember the question, let alone, <laughs> <laughs> let alone the answers. But uh, so, right, I've, got, I've got some Googling to do. For, for all the, the segment today. <laughs> for all the history boffins, you've got three questions to answer. How many reserve grade games did Shannon Donato play for South? Who has played the most reserve grade games for South? And how many reserve grade games did they play in their career? Right, okay. Well, do I'll, some homework? I'll, get, I'll get busy and get the old big leagues out and have a look and Righto. see what I can work They're all out, in my Jess. office. Are they? Yep. All, all of them? All the big leagues? Yeah. Oh, a lot of them. Okay. Yeah. Well, I thought you might have been missing some of there's them. Another, oh, there there's, there's another porky. I've got all the big leagues. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All of them. Oh, a lot of them. Yeah. yeah. No, there are a few volumes. Very good, Jess. Some bound <laughs> volumes that you might see on the internet somewhere. But anyway, they'll come back one day. <laughs> <laughs> Just like my self-esteem. <laughs> a trivia question about my reserve grade game. Thank you very much. You blokes are such good friends. Uh, Remember how I said I love coming into work? It's just it's waning this just a little isn't bit. Work. <laughs> yeah, that's you true. can't claim this is work. Don't you true. go claiming time in Lou for this hour and a half every week. We'll be back after the break. Two hours today. <laughs> Now, if you're looking for your next epic holiday, maybe a long weekend with your mates or you need to get to the next game, then it's time to What If It. What If has great deals on accommodation, flights, car hire and more. Plus, if you go to whatif.com slash rabbitos and use the code rabbitos15, you can save 15% on select hotels. Now, conditions apply with that, but jump onto whatif.com slash rabbitos and use that code rabbitos15 to save 15% on select hotels. Of course, What If, it's Aussie for travel and... We're about, uh, what, 36 hours away from, uh, as we record now, from taking on the Brisbane Broncos up in Brisbane. And I'm sure the borough and a lot of the other uh, people that are travelling up for the game will have jumped onto whatif.com slash rabbitos to book their flights and accommodation. And if they haven't, they should because they're going to save 15%. And from our great friends at What If and Daniel Finch, the the boss there, great guy, as we've said before, not only does he support our members with with great discounts, he also supports our Pathways teams. They're great supporters of the the club. And some big news coming uh, later in the year about What If and their their partnerships with the Rabbitohs. Fantastic. What a teaser. Yes. He teased us last week with the Storm Techs and he buggered that up. Let's hope he hasn't buggered up this What If announcement either. (laughs) We'll see. Time will tell. (laughs) Might have gone off a bit early. Sorry, Daniel. (laughs) Sorry, Gab. (laughs) Whatif.com slash Rabbitohs. What If? It's Aussie for travel. Alrighty, it's time for Shannon's Joke of the Week. Well, your last sledge to my lovely wife there, which I resemble actually, um, uh, is a good segue into this Joke of the Week. So there's three couples uh, been together for a long time and they're trying to get married and at the same church, as we know. Sydney's a very heavily populated place and churches are in, in demand for, for weddings. And there's, there's three couples. There's a young couple, a middle-aged couple and an elderly couple. And they meet with the priest, and they all talking about the dates they want. He said, "Look, gonna have to. You can all get married. We'll work it out." But he said, "There's only one condition. If you wish to get married in my church, you must all go one month without having sex together." <laughs> he 
He said, you know, I... <laughs> every time. Can you um, religion and sex is a common thing there? And I think you said having like sex bit... together. <laughs> <laughs> can we quantify that, please? Oh, no, no, sorry, get me. So anyway, the, the priest says to them, you know. The, the reason I want you to go a month without having sex is I want to make sure it's real love and you're going to stay married for the rest of your life and it's not just lust. So you need to, if you want to get married, you're all going to have a go a month without having sex as the priest. So anyway, we'll meet back here after the service and we'll have a chat about it all and make sure it is real love. And so they return to the church and they talk to the priest. And then he, so he asked the, the first couple, they were a bit older, have you completed the month without sex? And then the old couple said, yep. It was easy. It wasn't a problem at all. And for the older people like Ella, they can probably relate to that. <laughs> 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 uh, Particularly Raylene. <laughs> With Ella. And a big good morning to Mark Lyons yes, this morning. Yes, yes. <laughs> the jelly wrestler. So, yeah, the older couple said it was... <laughs> the older couple said, yeah, it was easy, actually. You'd go a month without sex. So what about the, the middle-aged couple? Yeah, what about you guys? And they said, well... It was hard, you know, we really love each other, but we did. We went the whole month without having sex. And then the priest comes to the young couple and he says, well, what about you two? You want to get married in my church? need to know what's love. Did you two go the month without having sex? And he said, no, nah, we couldn't do it. The priest looks at him disappointed and says, tell me, why? He says, well, you know, I was, I was, we were together and sitting on the lounge and she sort of, Slipped off as she tried to get up, and her legs went in the air. And I just, it was just, I couldn't help myself. It just, I took over, nature took over, and I just, you know, just went at it. And he said, Priest says, Well, you know what, my son, you're not welcome in my church. He says, Look, the young bloke says, Look, I can understand. I'm not welcome in fantastic furniture anymore either. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no! Uh, uh, I was really worried about uh, where that was going. <laughs> Multiple couples, I just thought. Uh, oh yeah. You know, yeah. I actually sent him a website link to the fifty cleanest jokes on the internet, <laughs> and he hasn't bothered looking at the website. <laughs> Delete. He doesn't need to. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Hello, you're up next week. Next week. Yep. If that doesn't get us a sponsorship from Fantastic Furniture, nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> yes. For all uh, your needs. Yeah. <laughs> well, you mightn't get allowed back in the church, but you'll be able to get Fantastic Furniture. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very, oh, I nearly said very good. Mate, no, well, come on, we'll make like it ten. Yes. Well done, Jezza. Double figures. <laughs> Well, thank you, everyone, again for listening. As we ask, if you can write us a review and give us a five-star rating, it helps us with the podcast apps and, and moving up the charts on those. And don't forget to tune in to the other podcasts on the Rabbitohs Podcast Network. And as we always talk about the boys on Rabbitohs Radio, they're doing a, an excellent job over there. They had a great chat with Lottie Takiri last week, one of the heroes from our 2014 season. And he, he was talking about when he how he avoided Madge's phone calls to avoid coming back to pre season training too early because he'd heard all about Madge's pre-seasons uh-huh. and I remember when he first turned up the first day that he did 
we've got those stairs near the physio room and they're wooden stairs. There's no yep. carpet. So they're not comfortable at all. And he was just lying flat along these <laughs> stairs. I'm thinking you couldn't have picked a more uncomfortable spot, but looking yeah. at him, that's where he collapsed. <laughs> were you I don't think it was by choice. Well, Ella? Were, you, were you bagging him and heckling like you do the goal kickers? <laughs> no, 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 no. I he's wouldn't too, be bagging Lottie. He's bigger than Reno, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so is Charlie Rabbit. David, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, mate, it's a great story, the Lottie one. I caught up is. with him, Magic Round. I, I had, had a quick beer with him and... Uh, he loves the place. Yeah. He loves the place, yeah. and uh, we loved having him here, and yeah. he, he brought a lot here. He brought a lot to the club. He did. Hopefully we see him um, on Thursday night. Yeah, we might. Up, yeah. up in Brizzy, it'd be yeah. good, and if not, I'm sure we'll see him down here on Grand Final Day, Yellow. Yes. It'd be nice to have be him nice. back for that day. So, yeah, make sure you jump on to the Podcast Network, subscribe, and listen to all of those podcasts on there. We've got the midweek media conferences, including Wayne's, um, which we'll be recording later on this afternoon ahead of our Thursday night game against the Brisbane Broncos, and don't forget, Chaps, Mavo and Brownie on Rabbitohs Radio. And, of course, we're brought to you by Audio Technica and What If. And thanks again for joining me this morning. Gents, it was very good. Yes, it was very good. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's been emotional. (laughs) Good to be here, Jeremy. Excellent. Well, we'll be back next week. We hope you can join us then. Thanks for listening to the Rabbitohs Top 4 Podcast. Powered by Audio Technica and proudly presented by What If, official travel and pathways partner of the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Support the club and visit whatif.com forward slash Rabbitohs to book your next trip. Don't forget to use the code Rabbitohs15 to get 15% off select hotels. Conditions apply. What If, it's Aussie for travel. Please leave us a five-star rating and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Up the rabbit eyes.